I really felt like happiness was something I had to achieve, something I had to strive for, as opposed to... Welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so glad to be here with my guest today, Jilly Maria, who is a healer, a medium, and an intuitive. And today we're going to talk about holding space for your own happiness so you can really find the way to get there in your own space. Welcome, Jilly. Thank you for having me, Donalyn. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I I want to start off with what is your personal relationship with healing and happiness? Like what? How do those two things relate? Do you have any kind of personal information about that? Oh yes. <laughs> so my healing journey started consciously back in 2011. And I had a trifecta of events happen and I realized I wasn't happy. And I don't mean realizing I wasn't happy on a surface level, but on a really deep, profound, conscious level, I realized I wasn't happy. In, in the, I found a therapist and I started doing my work very consciously and realizing very early on that while I thought happiness was a thing, a person, a relationship, whatever, that's kind of how I grew up was happiness was out there. But I realized that happiness was under all my crap. I realized that happiness was under the resentment, the anger, the expectations I had that I never talked about, the people pleasing, my habits, uh, my perfectionism, all these things that I thought were, and I think so many of us think, because we're taught that, because the people that teach us don't know any better, don't know any differently. I really felt like happiness was something I had to achieve, something I had to strive for, as opposed to it's a con being a conscious choice. It's a conscious choice. And I think a lot of people that are watching and listening to, the, to this are going to be thrown off at the minimum. <laughs> um, there's going to be some people who are probably going to be triggered by it. There's going to be some people who are going to be in a space where... I know I was where I kind of had, remember the first time that someone said that to me and I, w and I was dumbfounded. It's like, but, uh, like, because I was always taught that happiness was in getting the awards or achieving the things or getting the compliments or working hard or having the spouse or partner next to you who makes you look good or the nice car, the nice home or whatever. And what I realized doing my work was that Happiness is internal, it's a choice, and we can learn to hold space for our happiness. We can learn to put up boundaries around the things that don't serve us, whether that is bad eating habits, where we're not taking care of ourselves, whether that is the things that we watch, because you know a lot of times we think that what we consume is just what we put in our mouth. And I want to invite you into the space that what you consume is in what you hear, what you see, what you put in your mouth, what you put on your skin, what you allow yourself to walk on, the presence you allow yourself to be in. If you're in a space where, for example, you know that you as an introvert, just let's say someone's an introvert, and they don't handle big crowds well for long periods of time. They get to say, hey, I'd love to go to the game with you, 
but I'm going to drive separately. I'm going to get arrived separately. I'm going to get here separately because I know myself well enough to know that I'm going to last about an hour, hour and a half. And it's not personal, but my happiness means that I get to leave before my tank is negative. And is that going to throw people off at first? Yeah, it is. When we first start standing for our boundaries and standing for our happiness, and happiness, by the way, does not always look like, hey, it's not, it doesn't always look like that. Sometimes happiness is finishing your workout and you're drenched in sweat and you go, I feel stronger and better for having done that, for having shown up. Happiness, if you're in, also, if you're not in a space where you've known happiness your whole life and you get to learn to cultivate it, happiness can be in really tiny pieces. So happiness might be, for example, watching a 30-second video on YouTube or, you know, a reel on Facebook that makes you laugh. Happiness might be choosing a paint color. Happiness might be walking outside and walking around the block. It might be cuddling with your cat. It might be deciding something. So little tiny things can bring us happiness. And I want to invite you also to the space of just because your best friend, mom, spouse, other family member, somebody that you look up to, your best friend, teacher, coworkers, whatever, find happiness in one thing does not require of you that you also find happiness in that. Because a lot of us get stuck, especially if you're a people pleaser, we tend to get stuck in, oh, well, everybody else likes Chinese, so therefore I too must like Chinese. Yeah, so, so you've touched on a lot of topics here. I'm going to kind of go through and peck at them a little bit with you and see if we can dive even a little deeper. Um, one of the first things you talked about was how our happiness is under those other things, right? Which, which really brings up the imagery of happiness, joy, being our core, being what is there when everything else is gone, right? Yes. So that's a really important piece of that puzzle. It's like the, if we're the onion, right? The layers on the outside are all the sort of juicy bits that we're experiencing in the world, right? We're out having anger and irritation and frustration and we're in traffic and we're having all these experiences, but they're the outer layer and they are not that core, the core that can regrow, the core that is protected, all of those things. So I love that you bring that up. Also the cultural sort of sense of happiness, right? So we, yeah. we tend to look to things, as you said. And I was thinking about a friend of mine who used to say, happiness is a byproduct of good works. And I thought, well, uh, at the time I was like, oh, okay, all right. I don't know. <laughs> Let's try that on for a while, right? But now, uh, I, I, when I hear things like that, I understand that when we put our happiness, the ability to attain happiness outside of ourselves, and even the judgment of what the works are, right? What are you doing, right? Is the doing good or is the doing not good? That we can't get there by holding space for ourselves, right? This is so this thing Correct. that we're that we're getting to here requires that we understand it 
as an internal space within ourselves. 100%. And I think that, you know, and I would, you know, your friend isn't wrong, but at the same time, here's, I'll give you a really good example. If you are in the space of doing good works and that brings you happiness or allows you to have self-worth and you suddenly can't do that good work, you could very well spiral. So for example, people that lived and died to do volunteer work before 2020, and then suddenly if they were in a space where volunteering was not a thing because it wasn't a thing for quite a while, and they got their self-worth and their happiness tank filled up from doing versus just being, I know a lot of people personally who spiraled. And I actually know somebody that I volunteered with at one point who got their self-worth and got their happiness from doing the work. So when they weren't allowed or they couldn't come and do the work for whatever reason, they ended up in a shitstorm. Excuse my French. But because, again, they're in the space of if we have our happiness attached to something outside of us, and there's nothing wrong with external things enhancing our happiness. But that's a different conversation from, I'm only going to be happy if. Because the thing is, is we can be happy being. And if we can allow ourselves to get to the space of, I'll give you an example. I love the game of baseball. The game of baseball doesn't have to necessarily be going on for me to be happy. So as I could be at a stadium waiting for the game to start taking it in, being in the joy and the energy of that space and be completely happy. Now, does winning enhance my happiness? Oh yeah. Does watching, you know, my favorite player hit a home run enhance my happiness? Yes. Does being there with great friends enhance my happiness? Yes. But again, if they're, if we're in a space where we lose because you're going to lose games sometimes, or this friend can't come, but that one can, or it's not the perfect temperature outside, I started in happiness. I was still in happiness at the beginning of it. I chose, I'm gonna have a good time. I am gonna be happy no matter what happens today. Okay, this is good. So this comes to that sort of deliberate piece of it. So yes. this intention of being deliberately happy. Mm -hmm. This is a huge piece of it, isn't it, really? Yep. Because, uh, you know, people even can experience this when they wake up, right? You wake up and you may be thinking, it's cold in this room, that's why I woke up, or whatever it was, right? Or, oh, I have to go run to the restroom, or whatever that thing that woke you up that wasn't happiness and bliss in that moment, uh, you may go there and then go to the list of things to do or, you know, all of those things. But the intention of happiness at that moment can change the entire interaction with just the things between you and that restroom, not tripping, not hurting yourself, not right. All of those Correct. things, as well as setting you up for the rest of your day. That's so that intentional right. piece is so important. Well, I'll give you a little, a little nugget. That's an actionable thing for your audience. Intend to wake up in the morning and say three things. As soon as you pop your eyes open, no matter how you feel that you're grateful for. Like I like to wake up as an example and do 
my gratitude practice and my prayer practice before I even get out of bed. And so that looks like it's a great day to be alive. Whether it's 26 degrees outside or 75 degrees outside, I'm alive and that's a gift. And so being in the space of, I choose to be grateful for my warm bed. I choose to be grateful for a good night's sleep. I choose to be grateful that I have use of all four of my limbs and I'm, you know, good to go by myself and yeah. And being, and it took me a while. This took me a while to get to the space of, because a lot of times we're reactive, right? Like, I mean, I have cats. If a cat throws up, we all know that have animals like, you know, oh my God, or you got to pee, like you said, and you get up and you're like, rah, all these things that are real life. But then stopping myself for just a second and saying, Three things you're grateful for. Quick. I'm alive. It's another day. And I love my cats. Boom, to the bathroom. But it gives you that opportunity because those little grains, because a lot of times the mistake that we make is we try to go from zero, especially being in the brand new year, we try to go from like who we were in 2022 to boom, new person. In, and if we don't cultivate those habits, if we don't cultivate happiness, if we don't actively, consciously choose it, then we can spiral quickly. And we can then get to a space in February and so on where we're like, oh my God, I didn't do this. And a lot of times people quit on themselves. They miss a day. Something happens. They stretch something, you know, whatever. And you're like, ah, life. And we spiral as opposed to being in the space of as we consciously choose happiness and little bits. And I encourage people, if you're in a space where you're living with depression or you've got something else going on, find little tiny things. Like if you love the color yellow, as an example, go to the grocery store and buy yourself sunflowers. Go to a florist and buy yourself two or three yellow roses. Get yourself something yellow and you can keep it super simple. Even yellow crayons where you go and you draw something, you just go and, you know, draw on a piece of paper in yellow. But my point is, is actively tiny pieces to cultivate will eventually build your practice and build you into a space when life does happen because life is not always grand and cheery and unicorns and it would be nice if it was, but it's not. So if we can be in the space of, let me take a breath, come back to center and say, okay, what would make me happy in this moment? And choose it. All right. All right. So that, those are a lot of great, uh, you know, practical little hacks that we can, we can do all day long. Let's talk a little bit about this concept of deliberately holding space. First of all, what is holding space? Holding space is being in the space of no judgment, no trying to fix it, heal it, change it, whatever. So like if I'm in the space where I'm choosing happiness consciously, I'm choosing to be happy. I'm not judging myself for what I could be doing right now, what I should be doing right now. Is the situation really happy? I'm not getting in my mind about it. I'm not waiting for the next shoe to drop. I'm not, man I'm not managing anything outside of this moment. So holding space for any emotion is the notion that we are allowing it to be what it is. So if someone is feeling happy, that's so fantastic. Tell me about it. Tell me what's going on. It's got you so happy. I'm excited for you. Yeah. 
I'm not judging it if they say, well, this happened and such and so forth. Okay. Now, and the same flip side of that, if someone says to me, you know, I'm not having a great day. How can I support you? And actively, again, not trying to fix it, not trying to change it, not trying to do anything about it. Because we have a tendency, right, to be in a space also of wanting to change anything that's fear-based. Because I don't talk about negative emotion or bad things because it can be anything is good or bad depending upon how you're looking at it. And so when you get into the space of, if I'm holding space for my own happiness, what would make me happy right now? And how do I get to be in the space of allowing it? Okay, so so that's that's a really good space place for us to um, reach for. What is how do we start that? If we say okay, so let's say I'm in my house and I think I want to be happier. I'm going to make a container for that. I'm going to figure out how to make a container for that. How would we go about that intentional five minutes or hour or whatever it is? Okay, so if you are a visual person, which a lot of people are. I would invite you to have your room or it could be your bathroom with a shower. It could be a closet that you don't really use all that much. If you're a physical person, I want you to put a couple things that make you happy, that enhance your happiness. So it might be spending time petting your cat. It might be a bubble bath. It might be a long, hot shower. It might be giving yourself a pedicure. It might be even like doing yoga in your bathroom if your bathroom's big enough. Or doing a stand-up practice. But the point of it is, is that to create the, if you're a physical person, you want to create the physical container where if I want to be happy, if I want to choose happiness and get back to center, I'm going to go to that space. Now, you're not going to need that space for very long because you're going to realize how you feel. And the point of the whole thing is to f- realize I feel happiness when I do what? I feel like I can be happy when I'm washing the dishes you know, a lot, like I enjoy cleaning a great deal. So it's like, <laughs> you I come over if you want. Of- <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to be happy, right come over. on over. There's plenty to do. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing is my joy may not be your joy. Oh, oh certainly. I could say that. <laughs> and that's, okay. and here's the thing. It's okay. Cause like, like, I'll give you another example. I volunteer at a cat rescue twice a week. I greatly enjoy serving. I greatly enjoy like cleaning cat litter boxes. Doesn't bother me. Getting them fresh food and water doesn't bother me. Having different cats with all the different personalities, like rubbing up against me and wanting cuddles and wanting pets and whatever. None of that bothers me where some people would get overwhelmed by it. It enhances my happiness. So I'm in the space where whatever brings me joy, I do. And the other thing, the counter to that I want to encourage you into is if it's not a hell yes, it's a respectful no. So like if you know, for example, that you are going to be bored to tears and you're going to be resentful and angry if you have to, let's say, go to an antique mall. Your grandmama, you love her dearly, but grandmama wants to go to an antique mall and you have better things to do than go to the antique mall. What would cultivate happiness for you? And if you're in a space where you're quote unquote forced to go, like everybody's going and you want to spend time with grandmama, is there something within that that you can find that brings you happiness? Like if you, for example, go to, there's a, uh, near where I live in Raleigh, there is a flea market and 
if you're not a fan of, you know, old stuff, if you're not a fan of garage selling and picking and whatever, there's lots of options. Like they have food there. They have food trucks outside in the spring and summer. Um, they have shoes, they have, you know, homemade soaps. So the point is, is that in all the things, if you were to go online and look at that and say, Hey, is there anything that I can find there that I could go, Hey, I'm going to go over and go to the soap shop and smell all the soaps. Cause that makes me really happy. And I'll be back in like, 50, I'll come find you in 15 minutes. Or if you're the person where you're an introvert, for example, and you know that you need to power up. Do they have a public bathroom that you can go hang out in for five minutes and recharge your battery? And I'm, I'm in, in, please serious when I say that is knowing what allows you to cultivate happiness. And if you're in a space where you absolutely cannot do something, you absolutely cannot do it. Being honest enough to say, I'm not going right. I have a friend of mine. I love museums. I love history. I have a friend of mine, probably 15 years ago. Now we were going to a museum. And she went on their website beforehand and it was like, I got to be honest with you. She goes, it's not my cup of tea. So, okay. And so she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go shopping because I really enjoy shopping. I said, okay. And I said, well, let's set a time. You know, on the website, it says it takes about two and a half hours to get through this museum. And we know that we dawdle a little bit. So let's say that we'll meet at this cafe and have a bit, you know, have a late lunch at three o'clock that work for you. Yes. So you come into the space of she was cultivating her happiness going shopping and the rest of us went and cultivated our happiness going to a museum. So if we can be in the space, how we're both holding happy, holding space for happiness in that moment is she gets to do her thing with zero judgment. We get to do our thing with zero judgment. Yeah. That's a really different thing than how we're used to interacting. Yes. And forcing people or saying, you know, well, you're not a team player if you don't want to rah, 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 as opposed to being in a space of that doesn't work for me. And here's the thing. When you get to a place where you can stand for your own happiness and you can hold space for yourself and all of your emotions and your happiness, you can also do it for the people. And you end up leading not because you're trying to, but because you're in a space of this is what I'm doing. And if you want to come along, fantastic. And if you're not, if you don't, that's cool. And that's the piece. That's the piece that's important is the, just being in the space of allowing us to say, okay, that's not her cup of tea and that's okay. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, so we, we had this onion earlier, right? Where we were talking about how the inner core really is our, or happiness. So we, it's there all the mm -hmm. time. We can reach for it yep. any time. So let's talk a little bit about um, how do we pull off those outer layers, right? So sometimes we're in, we are just going around in our lives in frustration or irritation or even just mild contentment, right? Um, how do we sort of shed that outer piece in order to find what's inside of ourselves. So the first thing I want to encourage you into is allowing yourself to be supported. And a lot of people try to do their inner work by themselves. They try to get in the bucket. And especially if you've been through some trauma, you have a tendency to try to be in the bucket and be, I'm fine. I got this. As opposed to being in the space of, I'm not fine. I don't have this. And I get to allow myself to be supported because here's the thing. 
when we are in a space of a lot of times we'll say it, we're fine. But then when you, when I find, when I tell people, you know, tell me about how you're feeling. And people, a lot of times will give you the whole ball, right? The whole like, Whoa. as opposed to they'll give you the whole onion, as opposed to saying, you can chop an onion, you can grate an onion, you can do all kinds of things. You can take it apart with the rings, you can fry it, you can saute it, you can do all kinds of things with an onion. So in real life, when it comes down to our core of who we are, our core essence, we get to peel back those layers. And that involves allowing ourselves to feel that resentment, to feel that frustration. One of the things that I work on a lot of times with my clients is they'll share a bigger thing with me like, I, I just don't like so-and-so. And I'll say, okay, what about them, if I may, do you not like? And we'll get down to the minutia of it, which oftentimes is, I, I'm frustrated with so-and-so. Okay, so if we're looking at frustration as the space between where you are and where you want to be, where you thought you'd be, where you think you should be, where you see everybody else being and you're playing the comparison game, how do we get, how do we solve the gap? So if I'm in a space where, for example, I need something from my best friend and I really need her time and I say, hey, you know, it'd be great if we could, you know, get together and have a Zoom call and, you know, whatever. And she, and I'm like, but, you know, whatever, if you don't feel up to it, we get a lot of times we get passive aggressive, right? So we add into it as opposed to stating our needs and being in the space of, I really need someone to listen. I need someone to witness me because here's the thing that peels off a tiny layer. Because there's also fear mixed in there, right? Like if I stand for myself and what I need, then I'm going to face rejection. What if the person I'm asking doesn't have time? What if they have no idea what holding space is? What if I realize that they're a selfish human being and they don't want to touch their stuff? This is one of my greatest lessons in 2022 was realizing that multiples of my friends couldn't come along on the journey with me. They were in a space where I got blamed for several things that had nothing to do with me, but I was the mirror. I was the person that was like, this needs to be resolved because you're blatantly not happy. And that cost me friendships. And so being in the space of realizing and getting into a spaciousness place of what's important to me. Cause like when I first started my journey, I wanted to be happy no matter what. And I remember going to my first therapy session, saying to my therapist, something along the lines of, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to do, say, I will own everything. But then I'd have to admit faults. And I'm like, what if it's not fault? What if it's just taking responsibility? Because a big part of cultivating our happiness is taking responsibility for those layers of the onion. So if I feel angry, but I never shared with you what I needed, how are you supposed to know? So I'm, and a lot of times it's feeling angry with myself is a huge one for where I didn't stand for what I needed. I didn't know enough to speak into, you know what? I'm not happy. And mm, I don't even know what would make me happy. Like what would, what would, what would cultivate happiness for me? What do I find funny? If you're a mom and you're, you know, you've been a mom for, you know, 18 years and now your kids are going off to college and you get to rediscover yourself as a woman and you're trying to cultivate happiness or you're so used to being a workaholic or like people that come out of being a pro sport athlete or come out of the military and they've been in this thing their whole time 
And they're like, I have no idea what makes me happy. Try things on. Right. Okay. So how would we make space for what what is happiness to us? So I would say to, and this is the route that I took and I encourage my clients to take is again, try things on. So like go and take your laptop and, or, you know, take your phone or just take yourself without the electronics, whatever you want to a coffee shop, get coffee, get tea, try new things. Like I tried, like I had no idea what bubble tea was a couple of years ago. And I saw someone else has, that's a really cute, I got it because it was just owning it. It was cute. I was like, that is a really cute little drink. What is that? And the girl goes, bubble tea. And I'm like, explain to me what bubble tea is because I have no idea. So she told me what it was and I said, okay. So I said, what's the sweeter of the flavors that you have? And they gave it to me. I got it. And honestly, it wasn't for me. But it was like I had an expectation attached to what it was. And how you consume it and what's supposed to happen when you consume it. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, that doesn't work for me. But here's what I know over time does work for me. Like I love to garden. I love to, I turns out I love to paint. I love to do house stuff. Um, I don't love traffic. I don't love being in spaces nowadays where there's tons and tons of people. So it's a matter of trial and error to a certain extent. And it's a matter of allowing ourselves to be empowered. So like if you're terrified as an example of choosing a restaurant because you're terrified that what if I choose this restaurant? The food is terrible. The service is awful. Da, 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 da. Okay, what if? But what if we're in the space where you choose a restaurant? The food is phenomenal. The service is great. You have a fantastic time. And you allow yourself to be in happiness. Because here's the thing. Everyone's a little different with what brings them happiness. And so if we can be in the space, and again, it's trial and error. So sometimes like in the middle of winter and I come out and I, you know, I come out from outside and I'm in my house and it's cold. I love washing my hands, like just feeling warm water on my hands and like smelling, smell good smelling soap. Like, oh, that feels good. And just clearing my energy, you know, a hot cup of coffee. Or, you know, spicy food sometimes or, you know, turning everything off and just all those things. So that's what I want to encourage you into is if you're in the space of, yeah, but how do I do it? Choose anything. Don't make yourself right or wrong. Choose anything. And it can be literally anything from A to Z. Apples to zebras, colors, whatever. And just see, does this bring me happiness? Nope. Okay. On to the next thing. So that gets back to that what if game, which is a which is a great game to to play with yourself and to really be able mm-hmm. to um, see how things feel before you go off into the world experiencing them and kind of have a sense mm-hmm. of yourself and where how are you approaching this particular issue uh, or 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 thing to do right. Um, that you're deciding, am I going to do this or not do this? That is a, an excellent place for us to kind of wrap up because we usually go about a half hour. So I want to (laughs) make sure that before we go, Jilly, you let us know, of course, we'll have all the links there for you, but let us know where the best place uh, is for our people, all our listeners to contact you. 
Sure. You can find me on the internet on jillymaria.com, J-I-L-L-I-E-M-A-R-I-A.com. You can find it all about me, and there's also a contact page there. So Excellent. Excellent. So they can just reach out right there on the website. Super. Yes. And uh, as I, I did notice that you have Instagram and all the places, and so all of those will be listed in the description, whatever platform you're on uh, when you're listening today. So yeah, so that's great. I also want to encourage everybody to go to RoadmapToMoreJoy.com and to take the quick quiz, right? Take it, find out where you are on the roadmap so that you can get to that last page, which talks to you about how to get from where you are to where you want to be in relationship to joy. So thank you so much for being thank here you for today, having me. Julie. 